0: Welcome back to NC Realtors Redefined, the NC Realtors podcast sponsored by Century 21. On this episode, exclusive excerpts from our Insight Magazine interview with 2020 NC Realtors president, Marin Brisson Kuster. And from our Mobile Monday series, NC Realtors general counsel, Will Martin, talks about a popular topic from our legal hotline, how to handle multiple offers. But first, NC Realtors news. Did you know Realtors with a designation earn about 30% more than their peers? Take control of your future and start your professional development journey in 2020. Join us for a live course or do it on your own time through our library of online courses. Visit ncrealtors.org grow for more details. Earlier this month, the NC Realtors communications team sat down with 2020 NC Realtors president, Marin Brisson-Kuster, to talk about her vision and goals for her term, as well as some of the challenges that face the industry. We started our discussion talking about the significance of her theme for the year, one vision, one community, one voice.
1: I've always been the proverbial fish out of water in my entire life, no matter where I lived. And that's a good thing. I don't look at that as a bad thing, actually. I grew up in the country, Union County. It was nothing back when I was growing up. So when I moved in town, I was the country girl. They still laugh about my country accent. But yeah, when I grew up out in the country, I was the city girl, because my parents had moved me out there when I was in first grade. And they still lived in town, my family lived. I mean, so it was just, it was always something that I was conscious of. So I was always able to float lines. And I was always able to hang out with You know, the farmers or the jocks or my theater crowd or, you know, whatever we did, it was just innate to connect the dots in between all the different groups of people. That's how I've always been. So it would only carry forward into the way I lead an association of very diverse members connect the dots because we actually all connect We all support our communities. We all have the same base needs. We all want to support our state. And so how do we embrace that? And how do we influence our local communities together and our state community together? Where are we going from here? Well, we are the last major industry left undisrupted. And I'll actually argue that we've already been disrupted. Disruption started in our industry about 20 years ago, when the banks first started trying to get in it. We succeeded in keeping them out, but that was the beginning of it, and that's why the tech companies got involved, because they saw the writing on the wall, that there was money to be made in our industry, and they were right. I think we've got a lot of lawsuits out there right now that are going to probably determine uh, the way compensation is handled, and I think compensation will change how our business operates when that happens because Depending on what that looks like, there might not be as many people involved in the business. So what does that look like? And then how do we service our current consumer? The consumer is getting younger. There's always going to be a consumer that sees the value in using a Realtor, and they should for a number of reasons that this audience will know. Um, those reasons don't change, but perception does. And perception out there is being spun that you do not need us in a transaction because you can go find the house yourself. You can go do this yourself. You can until there's a problem. Then I I would challenge any consumer out there to solve it themselves. They do not have the wherewithal or the professional capacity to do it. And that's what we're there for to make sure everything goes smoothly and everything is fine and happy. And when you get to the closing table, you don't have any ugly surprises. And after you close, we help you navigate everything along the way. Our job doesn't end when someone closes on a house and moves in, it just doesn't. And that's where our profession will always be different with most service providers, because our service doesn't stop ever to our client base, because then we still continue to serve our communities. So that's the difference in our industry, and I think that that's where we differentiate ourselves. But I think we are at a pivotal point where we have to start looking at all different business models and start over because I think we have to if we actually all want to have a career. I think most of us continue to need a career. And if we love and have a passion for this industry, then we all have to be aware that it's evolving at a very rapid pace. And we have to evolve our personal businesses and our corporate businesses back where we live to do that.
0: Be sure to be on the lookout for the February issue of Insight Magazine for more from Marin.
2: Hello everybody, my name is Will Martin and I'm an attorney for the North Carolina Realtors. And I am delighted to have the opportunity to speak with you today for a few minutes about the subject of handling multiple offers, which is a very common source of questions on the legal hotline and a topic that I have spoken about quite a few times uh, over the years. Of course it's great for you to have interest in your listing from multiple buyers. But I know it can be stressful, too. Uh, The party's emotions are typically running high and things are happening fast. And you know there are some rules that you should be uh, thinking about uh, in handling the offers properly, not to mention uh, a working understanding of what's required to form a contract for the sale of real property according to contract law. I could speak on this topic for several hours, honestly, Uh, but uh, I've only got a few minutes today and so my modest aim today is to briefly highlight what I think are uh, a handful of relatively clear legal and ethical rules you need to have a good grasp of when you're involved in a multiple offer situation. If you keep these rules in mind and you keep your wits about you and you uh, manage the expectations of your client, uh, you, you should be just fine. I'm just gonna focus on uh, several rules that come into play in four aspects of handling multiple offers. Those are uh, one, disclosing the existence of offers on the property, two, disclosing the terms uh, of offers on the property, three, presenting offers, and four, responding to offers. So let's get right to it. Uh, Topic number one, uh, disclosing the existence of offers. The question is, does the real estate license law or the code of ethics require a listing agent to disclose the existence of offers on the property? First, let's think about the license law. There is not a specific rule on this. But the Real Estate Commission takes the position that the existence of an offer on a property is not a material fact that the listing agent must disclose to other interested buyers. On the other hand, the commission does expect listing agents to treat competing buyers fairly or to keep them on a so-called level playing field. So if you apply that to a multiple offer situation, uh, for example, if there are two competing buyers and the listing agent discloses to buyer number one that there's an offer on the property, another offer on the property, the listing agent would be expected to disclose that fact to buyer number two as well. So what does the code of ethics have to say about disclosing the existence of an offer on the property? Unlike the license law, there is a standard of practice in the code of ethics that specifically addresses a listing agent's duty to disclose the existence of other offers. Standard of Practice 1-15 states, and I'm just going to quote from the Code, Realtors, in response to inquiries from buyers or cooperating brokers, shall, with the seller's approval, disclose the existence of offers on the property. Where disclosure is authorized, Realtors shall also disclose, if asked, whether offers were obtained by the listing licensee, another licensee in the listing firm, or by a cooperating broker. (laughs) If you break that down a bit, uh, the first thing you should understand is that the disclosure obligations under Standard of Practice 1-15 arise only if the seller authorizes the disclosure of offers on the property. Stated a different way, if the seller has not authorized the disclosure of multiple offers on the property, that would be considered confidential information that you would be expected not to disclose. So to disclose or not to disclose is indeed a question you need to discuss with your seller client when a multiple offer situation presents itself. In fact, the first discussion of the, of the subject ought to take place when you list the property. That's why you'll find the following two sentences straight out of the code set forth in the firm duties paragraph of the exclusive right to sell listing agreement. And I quote, in accordance with the Realtor Code of Ethics, firm shall, with seller's approval, in response to inquiries from buyers or cooperating real estate firms, disclose the existence of offers on the property. Where seller authorizes disclosure, firm shall also disclose whether offers were obtained by the individual agent who signs this agreement, another agent of the firm, or by a cooperating real estate firm. That ought to sound familiar. So if the seller approves the disclosures of offer on the property, and if a buyer or an agent working with a buyer asks whether there are other offers, Standard of Practice 1-15 requires you to disclose the existence of any other offers and whether the other offer or offers are in-house offers or from another agent outside your firm. Of course, even if a cooperating broker doesn't ask if there are any other offers on the property, you can and should disclose the existence of another offer if the seller has authorized disclosure and if you think it's in the seller's best interest under the circumstances to disclose the existence of the other offer or offers. On the other hand, if the seller does not approve the disclosure of other offers on the property, you should not disclose the existence of another offer to an interested buyer even if you are asked. If the buyer agent asks if there are other offers on the property, you should simply say that the seller hasn't authorized you to disclose information about the existence or absence of other offers on the property. So far I've been focusing on the duties of a listing agent, but what about the buyer agent? Does the Code of Ethics impose any ethical duty to ask if there are other offers? Not specifically. But buyer agents are legally and ethically obligated under both the license law and the Code of Ethics to act in their client's best interests. I can't think of any reason why a buyer agent who is presenting an offer shouldn't ask if there are any other offers. And so I think it's a good practice for buyer agents to ask whether there are other offers on the property when presenting an offer for their buyer. Okay, moving on to topic number two, disclosing the terms of offers. The question here is, can a listing agent disclose the terms of an offer to a competing buyer? I won't spend much time on this topic because I think most everybody is aware that the answer to this question is a big fat no. Real Estate Commission Rule 58A.0115 clearly says, and I quote, a broker shall not disclose the price or other material terms contained in a party's offer to purchase, sell, lease, rent or to option real property to a competing buyer without the express authority of the offering party. So, listing agents, even if you think it's in your client's best interest to shop an offer, don't do it. That is, unless the buyer whose offer you want to shop says it's okay. And good luck getting permission from a buyer to shop their offer. Moving on to topic number three, presenting offers. Both the License Law and the Code of Ethics require you to present all offers and counteroffers quickly. Real Estate Commission Rule 58A.0106 requires delivery within three days. The Code of Ethics doesn't have a specific delivery for deadline, but Standard of Practice 1-6 of the Code requires realtors to deliver offers and counteroffers objectively and as quickly as possible. It is interesting to note that Standard of Practice 1 7 relieves a listing agent of the obligation to present offers after the property is under contract if the seller waives the obligation. However, there is no such exception in the license law, and the law always takes precedence if there is a conflict between the law and the Code of Ethics. So, listing agents, keep presenting any and all offers you may receive even after your client's property is under contract, and they may say, I don't want to see any other offer. You're still obligated to do it. Applying the code and the license law to a multiple offer situation, listing agents should understand that they can't hold offers, at least not for very long, simply because they expect to receive other offers. Generally speaking, they should be presented to the seller as they are received. But just because a listing agent has a duty to present offers right away, doesn't mean that the seller has any duty to consider them within any period of time or to consider them in the order in which they were received. One other thing I'd like to mention while we're on the topic of presenting offers. MLS rules permit an agent working with a buyer to participate in the presentation to the seller of the buyer's offer unless the seller instructs the listing agent in writing that the seller doesn't want the buyer agent to be present when the offer is presented. The potential benefit to a buyer asking to participate in the presence, presentation of his or her client's offer seems obvious enough, but I think there may also be benefit to a listing agent actually requesting that a buyer agent be pr- present in the presentation of the buyer's offer. In particular, when the buyer whose offer is being presented is represented by an agent with another firm And there's a competing buyer who is being represented by the listing agent or another agent in the listing agent's firm. I'll call them the outside buyer and the inside buyer. If the outside buyer loses out on the property to the inside buyer, I can tell you that the potential for a complaint by the outside buyer that they weren't treated fairly is very real. And it seems to me that giving the outside buyer's agent the opportunity to present the offer to the seller should help insulate the listing agent against a claim of unfair treatment. If the listing agent is representing the other buyer himself or herself, I also think it's a good idea for somebody other than the listing agent to handle the presentation of the offer to the seller if that's possible. Okay, moving on to topic number four, responding to offers. Let's say you've gotten three offers on your listing, you've done your job so far, you've disclosed or not disclosed to the competing buyers the fact that they are in a competitive situation depending on the seller's instructions and you've timely presented all three offers to the seller. What's next? The seller of course is in control of how they want to deal with the offers and that is going to dictate to a great degree what you do next. The seller has a lot of options. The seller can accept one of the offers and reject the others without giving the other buyers an opportunity to submit another offer. The seller can reject all three offers. The seller can choose to neither accept nor reject any of the offers. The seller can negotiate with one of the three buyers but not the others. Those are just some of the options, there are probably some more. Neither the license law nor the code of ethics provide specific guidance on what a listing agent's duties are in responding to offers whether it's a multiple offer situation or not. In preparing for this presentation, I reflected on that absence of specific guidance, and the more I thought about it, the more sense it made that there aren't and shouldn't be a lot of specific rules about what an agent can and can't do in responding to offers. That's because, as I just noted, there are so many ways in which a seller may choose to respond or not respond to an offer, and if there are multiple offers, the different options increase almost exponentially. It would be really hard to craft rules that would adequately address so many potentially different situations. But just because there aren't specific rules to guide you in responding to offers doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. Remember that you have very fundamental legal and ethical duties to act in your client's best interests and at the same time treat all parties honestly and fairly in the context of responding to multiple offers how do you manage the competing interests of the seller and the competing buyers that's a very abstract question so let me give you just one concrete example to illustrate how you might balance the duty to act in your clients best interest on the one hand and treat the other party fairly on the other hand the question comes from a ten question true false quiz on handling multiple offers that i wrote for the august 2018 issue of Insight magazine, I'm just going to read one of the questions and then I'll give you the answer. The question is, assume three buyers have submitted offers on the same property. Question number one is a low ball offer but offers two and three are within the realm of what the seller might consider accepting. Since it's the seller's prerogative to accept, reject, or ignore any offers, It is permissible for the listing agent in this situation to contact the agents representing buyers number two and three to request that their clients submit their best offers and not to respond to the agent for buyer number one. True or false? The answer to the question is false. Although the listing agent doesn't have to invite buyer number one to submit another offer, Fairness dictates that the listing agent must at least contact buyer number one's agent to let him or her know that buyer number one's offer has been rejected by the seller. Of course, if buyer number one submits another offer, the listing agent must present it to the seller. In addition, if the listing agent discloses the existence of multiple offers to the agents for buyers number two and three, the listing agent would also be obliged to disclose that fact to the agent for buyer number one. If you're interested in the rest of the quiz, you can get a copy of it in the archived Q and A's on the NC Realtors website at ncrealtors.org under insight articles. You can access the archived Q and A's by clicking on the Q and A quick link after you log in.
0: For the rest of Will's presentation, And to get access to exclusive NC Realtors content, join the NC Realtors Mobile Mondays Facebook group. Do you have a suggestion for a story or topic that you'd like to hear covered on this podcast? Then give the NC Realtors Redefine a call at 336-550-4437. When leaving your voicemail, be sure to tell us your name and where you're from. Your comments may be used on a future episode of NC Realtors Redefined. Be sure to catch up on every episode of NC Realtors Redefined by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or SoundCloud.